to reflect a little bit on uh, the teachings which the Buddha gave to his son Rahula. And uh, they appear in uh, three suttas of the Majjhima of the uh, middle-length sayings. Mm. Um, to begin with, just a, a short observation. There are a number of uh, um, a number of places in the in the scriptures. There is an, uh, a strong encouragement to practice. Uh, like you know, there are these uh, trees, these shacks, this. Uh, um, uh, mm, uh, favorable places, uh, do sit, do practice. Um, um, so there is this strong encouragement to sitting practice. So we, we might maybe think that um, practice in action uh, was not uh, uh, emphasized as much as the sitting practice we might uh, maybe think that is a contemporary invention, things like that. But the teachings to Rahula show very clearly that practice in action is crucial in the uh, <coughs> teaching of the Buddha. Um, in... Um, In the Sutta number 61, we read, What do you think, Rahula? What is the purpose of a mirror? For the purpose of reflection, venerable sir. So too, Rahula, an action with the body should be done after repeated reflection. An action by speech should be done after repeated reflection. An action by mind should be done after repeated reflection. So this is an interesting program, and um, obviously it takes a specific training, uh, which um, reminds me a lot of what we read last night about uh, neither halting nor struggling, because this, this, you know, would... uh, would appear as something totally unrealistic. Um, But the idea of uh, training is um, gradual. Uh, The gradual path is emphasized very often in the scriptures Uh, and means that you don't don't give up and and keep going at whatever uh, speed, at whatever capacity uh, you can. So this implies a certain clarity of mind and is connected very much with um, um, sitting practice. Um, The Buddha will give precise and uh, difficult and inspiring instructions about uh, sitting practice to his son Rahula in the following following sutta. Here, 
he proceeds to explain what he means about this repeated reflection um, uh, about action, body action, uh, verbal action, and uh, 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 mental action. Rahula, when you wish to do an action with the body, you should reflect upon that same bodily action thus. Would this action that I wish to do with the body lead to my own affliction or to the affliction of others or to the affliction of both? Is it an unwholesome bodily action with painful consequences, with painful results? Uh, if it is, then you decide not to do uh, this action. On the other hand, if um, uh, it's an action which has positive um, consequences, you decide to do it. So this is uh, before. And then there is during, Rahula, while you are doing an action with the body. Uh, and um, you realize that this is an unwholesome action then you suspend it. Whereas if you realize that it's a skillful action, you continue to do it. So before um, intention and uh, during it, and then number three, after it. Oh, sometimes we aren't aware neither before nor during, uh, after. Uh, total blindness, but that is not a good reason to get discouraged. Uh, you know, this is actually the reason we are here. Um, so you you realize that after done this, uh, either bodily or verbal or or, or um, 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 uh, mental action, uh, you see that uh, it had painful results. Then you. Um, confess it to your teacher or wise companions in the path uh, and apply restraint. Uh, but if you see that uh, it was a good action, then, uh, um, then you enjoy and you, uh, it's a nice way of saying it, and you can abide happy and glad, training day and night in wholesome states. Um, Let's uh, reflect a little bit about it. Suppose we um, wake up um, and um, we are facing a harmful, a harmful desire. So we decide to uh, contemplate uh, this um, harm of, a harmful desire. If we don't, either we act on it, either we um, fulfill it or we suppress it. In either case, we haven't understood the desire, we haven't studied it. So the idea is to contemplate it in order to understand, uh, to understand the, the harmful desire. Maybe uh, there's one possibility, this is one possibility, that uh, we start contemplating it and it evaporates. Easy, but it's helpful because this way uh, we realize that if we had acted on it, 
we wouldn't have realized that it was rather irrelevant. You know, uh, we would just have a strengthened habit with no understanding of the real, cons- uh, you know, the real weight of this desire. Or maybe we, we contemplate it and it evaporates and we are not happy about it. We uh, try to revive it. That's interesting. It's called attachment to desire. It was there. Uh, we've been looking at it and the, it's disappeared and the, we want it back. There's this um, um, story about um, a relative of Ramakrishna, the famous Buddhist uh, Hindu saint, uh, who had nothing to do um, with um, meditation, but uh, very much wanted to be um, to receive a special blessing by Ramakrishna uh, by touch, uh, so that he could develop what is called Nirvikalpa Samadhi. Uh, Ramakrishna was very reluctant uh, to doing that, but he, um, this relative of his, insisted very much. He really wanted it. So uh, Ramakrishna said, okay, you'll have uh, a Nirvikalpa Samadhi by way of uh, my touching your forehead. So he went into a trance, and um, after some time, he uh, woke up and in, a, in, in a, an extremely bad mood. Um, he went up to Ramakrishna and said, I want my attachments back. Um, <laughs> so the same, uh, you know, this is, a, um, this is an amusing uh, story, but when we um, experience something like um, what I was talking before, that... Um, we watch, we contemplate a desire, a harmful desire, and it disappears, and uh, we feel sorry about it. More or less, we are like that relative of uh, Ramakrishna. Um, or it may be that we contemplate it, doesn't go away, but we, by dint, by dint of contemplation, we understand um, fully the uh, harmful nature of it, and so we deliberately um, let it go, which is uh, a different outcome. Another, there's another possibility that um, we are in the middle of an, uh, uh, we are about about to do um, an action. We are at the, uh, in the first phase, intention, desire. And this intention is destructive. Uh, we contemplate it, and um, um, despite the fact that we've been contemplating it, we end up um, yielding to this harmful desire with uh, painful consequences. Now, um, if we experience this as a total failure, we are taking a very partial uh, viewpoint because we are assuming that the work we've done was completely useless, was a, uh, was a waste, which is an assumption, um, egocentric assumption, because uh, if we keep working, 
we, we realized that the work that we had done on that occasion will help us in, on future occasions. Um, whereas uh, if we have this very partial viewpoint uh, that since it didn't work uh, once, uh, it was a failure, um, this is wrong view. And uh, of course, uh, we get discouraged. Personally, I, um, um, in my practice, I try to use uh, what is called dedication. So you, you, you let go of a destructive um, um, wish or destructive intention that is skillful. So dedication is dedicating um, that positive energy for the benefit of someone, something, uh, all sentient beings, ourselves. Um, aside from other considerations, uh, through the dedication, we prolong mindfulness. Uh, we, we, um, we support it. And um, we end up feeling this movement of the dedication as very natural. Uh, we might even uh, be surprised that uh, we were not doing it before. Again, uh, we can wake up during um, a positive, a positive action. Anumodana means rejoicing. Rejoicing that we're doing a positive action. Again, it's a very natural response, which is uh, maybe quite often unduly neglected. And in the scriptures, the uh, importance of rejoicing while doing a positive action is emphasized. It's, uh, the, the, uh, the positive action is more complete uh, if it is accompanied naturally by our rejoicing about it. It's not an extra rejoicing, like, you know, um, um, a, a stern view of things. Uh, may say, you know, the important thing is that you do it, period. Don't waste your time rejoicing about it. Now, this is uh, our concept. Uh, and as we all know, we often we are very attached to our concepts. We should experiment um, different ways um, in order to question to question our concepts, our beloved concepts. Um, also, obviously, um, Anumodana, re rejoicing uh, for a positive action, uh, strengthens our motivation. So again, it's very, it's very natural, it's very uh, beneficial. If we, if we um, um, take it for granted, we, we weaken, we weaken it. Sometimes, you know, our, our view of things can be heavy and negative, and, um, and therefore we neglect uh, things like the, the, the things we're talking about now. Uh, we are drawn more towards all that is negative. That, that 
stimulates our approval that um, we agree with. Um, the rest um, we might consider um, sentimental, um, unreliable, not too serious, and so on. Again, this is a, this is a momentum, this is a condition that we take for granted, that we do not question. And practicing is investigating, is questioning our, you know, habitual emotions, emotional habits, emotion, um, conceptual habits, conceptual habits. Also, let's um, think of um, some negative action. And uh, uh, again, during uh, this negative action, we wake up. Um, and we might have a habitual and destructive reaction here and say, oh, this is bad. But at this point, I might as well go all the way. And, and maybe we consider it very logic. Actually, it's not. It's just another, just another habit. Uh, and we maybe um, have um, rationalized it as, um, you know, we find, some, we find something which, um, uh, which uh, um, <clears throat> um, feeds our identity, you know. We, we, we think there is some strength in that, in this uh, going all the way. You know, sounds good, going all the way. As a matter of fact, it is uh, um, an opportunity to cultivate the courage to stop. It is an act of courage, because it goes against the grain of our uh, habits. But of course, the courage comes from understanding not just um, uh, an act of will. The more we understand um, what is destructive, what is unskillful, the more we develop faith and courage to go... Um, um, what, what, how do you say? Upstream? Mm. Um, <clears throat> now, it's interesting to look at the um, foundation of this full-time practice that the Buddha um, teaches um, uh, his son. Full-time practice being before, during, after. You know, reflecting, reflecting, reflecting. Uh, by repeated reflection. Mm. We, we, um, we are very... Um, um, we are very good at repeating mental patterns, you know, over and over. A retreat is an excellent um, place to, to see this. So we repeat mental patterns, uh, but repeating a reflection is different from compulsive, compulsive thinking. It takes uh, an intention. It takes um, some energy, and uh, it creates... Uh, gradually some satisfaction and we start doing it in a more convinced way. So the Buddha gives uh, um, Rahula um, 
important teachings in terms of this meditation practice. This is in the following sutta, number 62 of the Majjhima Nikaya. Um, it's very advanced, at least for, for myself, I think it's very advanced. But at the same time, uh, I find it very inspiring. It, it, it is based, these instructions are based on um, the um, anatta, the non-self uh, doctrine, and the, um, the theme of equanimity, two sides of the same coin. So Rahula is encouraged, among other things, to contemplate the internal elements, like, for instance, the internal element of earth means bones, skins, uh, nails, all the elements of the body uh, which are solid. And while contemplating the internal um, uh, earth element, uh, he is encouraged to say, this is not mine, this is not myself, this is not what I am. The same with water, uh, fire, you know, the fire of digestion, the water, all the fluids in the body. Um, you know, very, very specific, element by element. And also with the uh, mind aggregates and the body aggregates. Very, very uh, you know, nothing is left out. Uh, <clears throat> and basically, this is the opposite. Uh, this kind of meditation is the opposite of what we usually do. Uh, we we um, identify um, with the body. We identify with the mind. We identify with our reactions. We put all this together and we say, this is me. We make we make it into a fixed entity. We fabricate this fixed entity. Uh, so the, uh, the instruction, the encouragement is basically not to be afraid, not to be afraid of letting go this clinging which comes out of, you know, karma or whatever, but we cling we identify and we cling, body, mind, and and we we um, we construct this fixed entity, which creates suffering. Period. He keeps uh, the Buddha keeps using the um, the element. And it says now, switching to more specifically to equanimity, now Rahula, you should develop, your meditation should be developed um, like uh, earth or fire or <clears throat> water. And it says, develop meditation that is like the earth. For when you develop meditation that is like the earth, a reason agreeable and disagreeable contacts will not invade your mind and remain. Now, this um, statement is made for each element. 
develop meditation that is like water. Uh, a reason for when you develop a meditation that is like water, a reason agreeable and disagreeable contact will not invade your mind and remain. Now, this is crucial. Um, when the Buddha talks about um, the time of his austerities in the forest, he says, I was completely exhausted, you know, fasting and all, all the rest of it. But the unpleasant sensations would not invade my mind and stay in my mind. They would go through it. They were unpleasant sensations, very unpleasant sensations, but they would go through. They would not stick. They would not invade the mind and stick. Now, that's the whole problem, uh, the invasion and the blocking. Now, what, what, what is this invasion? Uh, the, I think there are two key uh, elements, the invasion and the, and, the, and the stopping and the blocking. It seems to me that the invasion happens to what is called papancha, and papancha means um, conceptual and emotional proliferation. We feel something, uh, we think of something, and then this something uh, expands compulsively, you know, uh, and uh, powerfully, uh, with a strong momentum of its own. Just from from nothing, you know, it's um, um, something much much bigger with a with a you know a power, as I said, of its own develops, and invade. Invasion is a very good word because it invade our mind is invaded, and uh, the invasion and then uh, sticks, stops, stays. Now. How, how how come it stays, it doesn't go through, doesn't pass through, as with the Buddha when he was in pain? Usually, we tend to believe our pancha. We tend to believe wholeheartedly uh, our proliferations. And that's what um, gives them power, a lot of power, because we believe blindly whatever whatever the mind um, produces this identification and um, this is the core uh, of our suffering the invasion and then the, 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 the stopping the sticking um, <clears throat> you, you've noticed you, you might have noticed in a retreat or um, just uh, outside of the retreat, how, how easily um, we believe um, um, assumptions which um, are created by our minds. Uh, how easily in the same day, maybe in the same hour, we, we believe uh, something and then the opposite of something. Um, so there's something um, very frail uh, in our mind. Um, Papancha is very strong, and uh, 
our mind unless we train it. And uh, to use the Buddha's word, we make it tractable, flexible, workable, tends to be overwhelmed um, by papancha and by uh, the belief in uh, uh, proliferation, in conceptualizing. The two words usually are used, proliferations and conceptualizing. And they are equated with a, a dart, with a tumor, and so on and so forth. Um, now, the Buddha explains that with regard to all this, to all these ways of not being equanimous, of being identified with a, um, a constructive, a constructed I mind, uh, a sense, a sense of disenchantment uh, should be uh, should be generated, unless through understanding we get disenchanted with our compulsive proliferating. It just keeps going. But if we begin getting disenchanted, getting tired, um, um, without this compulsive believing in into proliferation, then then things change. But it takes this nibida, this not finding, not finding anything uh, more. Uh, which takes you to this passion, which takes you to freedom. But it takes, uh, you know, the, the, the literal meaning of nibida is not finding, not finding anymore uh, anything in the proliferation. There is a very solemn um, statement In another sutta, which says, um, if nothing is found there in proliferation to the light in, this is the end of the underlying tendency to lust, to aversion, to views. This is the end of resorting to rods and weapons, of quarrels, disputes, recrimination, malice and false speech. Here, these evil, unwholesome states cease without remainder. And this is why uh, um, a Buddha or an Arhat is called the one who is beyond papancha, nipapancha, which is beyond this incessant um, emotional and conceptual proliferation which, which um, is the total opposite of equanimity, and equanimity is the basis of freedom, um, which is always um, emphasized in the Buddhist teaching as the uh, main door uh, to liberation. But as long as, uh, as long as we are in the grips of compulsive uh, proliferation, then our meditation, our meditation is not like the earth, is not like the water, is not like the space. Uh, there are uh, beautiful images. Um, 
Just as space is not established anywhere, so too Rahula developed meditation that is like space. For again, when you develop meditation that is like space, a reason agreeable and disagreeable contacts will not invade your, ma- your mind and remain. We might be a little bit disappointed when we read a reason agreeable and disagreeable contest will not invade your mind and remain. Well, um, actually, this even some we'll talk about it maybe. It is said that when the Buddha reached nibbana liberation, then the agreeable sensations of enlightenment would not invade his mind and remain there, which. Um, might be surprising, but evidently uh, the state of complete freedom is far superior to those agreeable uh, sensations. So obviously they go through, because there is something better. So there is uh, no compulsion to no compulsion to attach to those sensations. So we're talking about high dharma, of course, but. Um, um, The um, refuge that we took last night is uh, about this, basically, about the, the, gradual, the gradual realization of what we're talking. It's, um, I find it very, um, you know, it, it, in these three suttas, the Buddha uh, is a father teaching his son in a very careful and detailed way uh, is an aspect of the Buddha which um, shows in these three in these three suttas um, how how much he literally uh, takes his son by hand and uh, and gives him this um, crucial teachings about about everyday life about practice in action about um, equanimous and liberating uh, meditation. Shall we meditate for two minutes? (laughs) 